animals were created for God's glory and our happiness. I don't know about you, but Steph and I and our kids, we love dogs. We're dog people. And we have two Rottweilers, one named Coco and the other named Shadow. Coco is mama to Shadow. Been dog lovers for a long time. In fact, we have bred Rottweilers through the years, over 20 years. And we've actually had Rottweilers for like 24 years. We love the breed. They think they're a lap dog, but they're this big dog. And if you came over to our house at night, and if our family, one of our family or all of our family are on the couch, the dogs are right there with us. They think it's their couch. They are absolutely incredible. I mean, for us as dogs, maybe for you it's a horse. Maybe you love cats. Maybe you love guinea pigs or a rabbit or maybe someone has a pet snake. The truth is that animals were made for God's glory and our happiness. One of the happiest days, right, in a kid's life is when they get a puppy. How many of you parents, like you took on a puppy, you went, you got a dog, you went, you got a kitten, you took on animals in your house for your children. There's just something about them. There's something about animals. One of my favorite dogs that I ever had was this incredible dog named Genesis. We bought Genesis as a puppy in Pensacola, and then we moved to Atlanta. She was with us in Atlanta in the U-Haul truck, sitting in my lap as we driving all the way. And then in our move to Tampa, one of the saddest days of my life was when she was super sick. And I told Steph to take her, man, take her to the vet. Let's get her some meds and uh, everything should be good. Well, it wasn't good. We found out the reason why she was coughing was she actually had lung cancer and she was bleeding internally. And the vet told my wife, I was at work, the vet told my wife that Genesis was choking on her own blood and the right thing to do would be to put her down. Stephanie called me crying, she was hysterical. She called me and I was numb. To hear those words did not even seem real. It just seemed like a nightmare. I thought we were getting cough syrup. And now we're talking about putting my dog down. So I rushed to the vet. It was in Zephyr Hills, Florida. And they're sitting on the floor. I'll never forget. As the vet gave me an hour, our final hour together. And there... I pet Genesis, I hugged her, I cried, I loved her, I squeezed her, I thanked her. And all the memories came flooding back from the first day we got her. All the fun we'd have to Jaden being born, to Riley being born, and Gavin being born. And now I've got to make this decision and I've got to put my dog down. We've been in this series, Heaven is for Real. And we've talked about the beauty of heaven is gonna be that King Jesus is gonna make everything new. Not like he's gonna go buy new furniture, new, but like he's gonna restore 
everything back to new. Revelation 21.5, Jesus said these words, Behold, I make all things new. Today in the message, I think it's going to be a fun message. This will be the last message in this series, Heaven is for Real. And I thought we would end it today with an exclamation mark. I thought today we would talk about animals. A couple questions. Do animals go to heaven? What about my pets? And I'm, am I going to see my pets again in heaven? What about this one? Will there be exotic or animals that have gone extinct, like dinosaurs? Would dinosaurs be in heaven? We're going to talk about it. And then lastly, will animals talk? Will animals be able to talk in heaven? One of the great things about heaven and heaven being real is that animals that we love so dearly, they're going to be there. A humorist, Will Rogers, once said, if dogs don't go to heaven, then I want to go wherever the dogs went. I mean, there's something about this. There's something about this connection that really reveals the heart of our Father. Right, because you know as much as I know that animals bring so much joy. They bring so much joy. They bring so much happiness. In fact, today, as we were out here getting ready to shoot, a gentleman walked by, and as he walked by, he said this. He had his dog with him, and he said, you know what? He said, I actually get along better with my dog, right, than other people. I once went to a house, and the doormat said, dogs, all dogs, welcome. People, we'll see. And some of us know what that feels like, right? Especially in the last couple of years where it seems like people have gone mad, but there's some type of, come here, baby. There's some type of security. There's some type of connection with our animals. Now, Psalm 104, Psalm 104, we're going to put these verses up on the screen. Listen to God talk about animals. Listen to this. Psalm 104, verse 10, he said, you make springs pour water into the ravines, so streams gush down from the mountains. They provide water for all the animals, and the wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds nest beside the streams, and they sing among the branches in the trees. Verse 14, you cause grass to grow for livestock and plants for people to use. You allow them to produce food from the earth, wine to make them glad, olive oil to soothe their skin, and bread to give them strength. The trees of the Lord are well cared for, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. There the birds make their nest and the storks make their homes 
in the cypresses. High in the mountains live the wild goats, and the rocks form a refuge for the rock badgers. That's kind of cool. You make the moon to mark the seasons, and the sun knows when to set. You send the darkness, and it becomes night, when all the forest animals prowl about, and the young lions roar for their prey, stalking the food, watch this, provided by God. You see the Father's heart right there, that God provides the food for even the wild animals. Now watch this. Then the young lions roar for their prey, stalking the food provided by God. At dawn, they slink back into their dens to rest. Then people go off to their work where they labor until evening. Oh Lord, what a variety of things that you've made. I mean, just being out here today, we got a dog park across the street and we've already seen so many different types of breeds, beautiful dogs, made a variety of things. In wisdom, you've made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the ocean, vast and wide, teeming with life of every kind, both large and small. See the ship sailing along and Leviathan, which you made to play in the sea. They all depend on you to give them the food as they need it. When you supply it, they gather it. You open your hand to feed them and they are richly satisfied. But if you turn away from them, they panic. When you take away their breath, they die and turn again to dust. In this passage in Psalm 104, you can see the Father's heart. You can see the Father's hand talking about feeding even the beast that live in the earth. So just like you're good to your pets, God is good to all of his pets. Why? Because God loves them. See, we're made in his image. And the reason why you love your pets so much is because God loves animals. So being made in his image, we also love animals. How many of y'all are dog people? Would you raise your hand right now? How many of y'all? Let me hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold, hold, hold that hand up. Let me hear it. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Love dogs. How many of y'all more cat people? Okay. All right. That's awesome. How many have both? How many have both? Let me, let, me, let me hear it or raise your hand. Let me see. Okay, you got some brave people out there. You know, our love for animals is because God has crazy love for animals. And we said that animals were made for God's glory and animals were made for our happiness. Will there be animals in heaven? Absolutely. I mean, you go to the book of Revelation and you read about all kinds of different animals that are going to be there. Listen to this. I love this. In Luke 3, verse 6, it says this. It says, And all flesh will see the salvation of God. The word flesh, the word flesh there in the original word, the original Greek is Sarx, S-A-R-X. 
and it's translated, maybe in your Bible, it's translated in different versions as all mankind or all people. But you know something interesting here? The truth is, is that that word, Sarx, S-A-R-X, is more inclusive than that. It includes even animals. See, all animals are included in flesh. And animals, watch this, will be also, they'll also be made new because of the redemptive work of Christ. Now, Jesus didn't die on the cross for animals, but it was humans that sinned. It's humans that sinned. And as, as we've learned in the series, as man goes, so goes the new creation. So we think back to Genesis, like we talked about last week, in the Garden of Eden, and God made the animals and he brings Adam and then he gives him a job. Go name all the animals. And Adam does. Can you imagine what that would be like? Can you imagine all the animals and them getting along and them playing and them roughhousing, but there was no violence. There was no killing. There was no devouring. It was all playful kind of gives us a hint of what the new creation is going to be like. Revelation 21.5, one more time, Jesus says, Behold, I'm making all things new. And not new like everything is just traded out for new stuff, but it's that everything that was is brought back to its original form. He's making it new. We're talking about restoration. Bringing something back to life, bringing something back to new. So will pets be in heaven? Absolutely. Jesus is riding a horse. We come back on horses and horses aren't the only animals or creatures that are mentioned in heaven. Listen to the words of Jesus, Matthew 19, verse 28. And this is in the Passion Translation. Jesus responded, listen to the truth. In the age of restoration of all things. So Jesus himself is talking about restoring all things. He, 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 not, not just people, not just humans, right? Not just the earth, but, but all things. All things all the way back from God's garden. All the way back to Eden. God promises us that he will restore all things. Well, all things includes animals. In 1 Corinthians 2.9, I love this verse. It says, that is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Man, if you love God one day heaven, heaven is gonna be better than you could ever imagine. In fact, in heaven, we are all going to be perfectly happy. I mean, here on earth, we've tried to substitute different things to get us to that point. 
where we were perfectly happy, right? Maybe it was a relationship with a person. Maybe it was something that you purchased that you just knew if you had those shoes, if you had those stilettos, if you got that new motorcycle or that boat, you knew you'd be perfectly happy. And, and here on earth, that's a short fuse because whatever we're trying to substitute for God always ends up being brief. But in heaven, we're gonna be perfectly happy. Now think about the joy of you and your pets. Think about the joy that they've brought you and the joy that they've brought your children. I can't imagine Father God, right? Not having that part of heaven. Even in Matthew's gospel, God talks about how human fathers are only so good, but our heavenly father is so much better. And if earthly fathers would do this, how in the world would God not do better, more, perfectly happy? So our animals can be in heaven. Oh, animals are definitely going to be in heaven. That's for sure. Um, will my pets live again? Well, if he's going to restore all things, I think that we have a great probability that you're going to see your pets again. I believe that. What about, what about dinosaurs? You know, children, they, they're caught up with dinosaurs. If you have young kids, I mean, they just, they, they just think dinosaurs are the greatest thing. You know what I'm talking about? Come on, come on. You know what I'm talking about? It's crazy because they're little and you got these big, massive animals, you know, and if you are like me, you've seen Jurassic Park, you've seen all of them, and they eat people, man. I mean, they, they eat each other. They these are magnificent creatures of God, and they're not a fairy tale. They did definitely exist. And so I've heard where kids have even asked before, will there be extinct animals? Will, will there be dinosaurs in heaven? This fascination for extinction, will it be brought back? Will that even be made new? Well, Scripture, as I read earlier, talks about Leviathan and What's incredible is theologians for years have debated what animal that really is, but it no doubt was a massive animal in the sea. And Job has a conversation with God and God is asking Job, are you big enough? Are you strong enough to tame Leviathan? Well, why wouldn't, just, just dream with me just for a second. Why wouldn't dinosaurs live again? If they were in Eden before there was sin, and then if they went extinct afterwards, me personally, honestly, I believe the flood. I believe the flood was a huge thing that, that uh, covered the earth. I think it really happened. And I think that dinosaurs did go extinct. I, I, I don't know how long ago, but I believe that happened. But I believe in the Garden of Eden that Adam was naming even T-Rex. Can you imagine in heaven? Can you imagine watching incredible dinosaurs that are head and shoulders, even above trees, playing with each other? And you are not in fear. Why? Because heaven's here. Why? Because heaven's for real. 
So, well, I, I don't see why not. I don't see why they couldn't be. Um, you know, we, we uh, as kids, just dreamed about how cool it would be to see one in real life. Well, can I tell you something? I believe in heaven, they're gonna be pets. I believe that they're gonna be restored back to where it was before the curse and everything was well. All right, I wanna end on this one. This is a fun one about heaven. Will animals be able to talk in heaven? Have you ever wondered what your pet was thinking? right? Like sometimes, you know, you go out of town, you come back, and then your pet makes you pay for it. Like they went to the bathroom there, and they went to the bathroom there. Maybe you said something to your pet, and your, our, our dogs will cock their head and raise their ears, and you'll see the wrinkles on their forehead, you know, and they'll look at you. Dogs are incredibly smart, but not just dogs. I mean, dolphins. Dolphins communicate with each other. So in heaven, Will they not only be able to communicate with each other, will they be able to talk to us? Maybe something you haven't thought about. There's three stories in the Bible where animals talk. Number one, Adam and Eve, right? And the serpent comes in and the serpent talks with Eve. And you know the crazy thing? Eve isn't shocked by it. Scripture doesn't record that she runs away because the snake talked. So it means, must mean that she was used to hearing animals talk. The snake was the shrewdest of them all. Means that there were other shrewd animals, very intelligent animals. And you know what? Animals that could communicate not just to each other, but talking to humans. Now we've watched movies like this. If you've seen any of Narnia, the Chronicles of Narnia, you've seen this. And something about the wonder and something about the beauty of being able to communicate with a pet, it pulls us all in. Well, that's the first story. The second one is funny. In fact, I want to read these verses to you. There's a guy named Balaam, and Balaam is God's guy. God's guy. Balaam is God's prophet. And you know what? Balaam is not listening to God. God spoke to him, and God said, go this way. And he's like, nope, I'm going to do my own thing. Kind of like Jonah, remember that? And so we're going to pick up the story real quick before we end today. Listen to this. This is hilarious. This story is found in Numbers, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, fourth book in the Bible, Numbers. Listen to the story real fast. So the next morning, Balaam got up. He saddled his donkey and he started off with the Moabite officials. But God was angry that Balaam was going. So he sent the angel of the Lord to stand in the road to block his way. As Balaam and two servants were riding along, Balaam's donkey saw the angel. Now, what about that theology? What about the fact that animals can see angels? Angels that we haven't seen, but animals can see. This is crazy. It's right here. And he sees the angel of the Lord. Now watch this. And the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. The donkey bolted off the road into a field, but Balaam beat it and turned it back onto the road. Number one. Then the angel of the Lord stood at a place where the road narrowed between two vineyard walls. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, so now this is twice in a row, donkey see an angel. He's thinking about Shrek, right? Shrek and donkey. <laughs> this is funny. 
Maybe that's where they got this idea. Watch this. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it tried to squeeze by and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So Balaam beat the donkey again. It's number two. Then the angel of the Lord moved further down the road and stood in a place too narrow for the donkey to get by at all. This time, when the donkey saw the angel, number three, it laid down under Balaam. Went straight to the ground, laid down. In a fit of rage, Balaam beat the animal again with his staff. Then the Lord gave the donkey, I love these words, the ability to speak. That's God's privilege. That's what God can do. Listen to what happens. Listen to what the donkey said. What have I done to you? that deserves your beating me three times? It asked Balaam. And the donkey says these words. You have made me look, or excuse me, Balaam says these words. You've made me look like a fool, Balaam shouted. If I had a sword with me, I would kill you. Now here goes the donkey. But I am the same donkey that you have ridden all your life, the donkey answered. And here he goes, he's talking again. Have I ever done anything like this before? And Balaam says, no. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the roadway with a drawn sword in his hand. Balaam bowed his head and he fell face down on the ground before him. Why did you beat your donkey those three times? The angel of the Lord demanded, Look, I've come to block your way because you are stubbornly resisting me. Three times the donkey saw me and went away. Three times. Otherwise, I certainly would have killed you by now and spared the donkey. So we have even the serpent. We have Balaam and the donkey. And the third time is in Revelation 8, verse 13. It says that there is an eagle flying who calls out with a loud voice. An eagle flying who is actually calling out with a loud voice. So, animals talking. Heaven. Is heaven for real? You bet. Are animals in heaven? You bet. Are your pets going to be in heaven? think there's a great chance. And if you're not, if you're not convinced yet, if you're still not convinced, got one more verse for you. Last book of the Bible, Revelation 5, verse 13. Listen to this. And then I heard, now this is John the Revelator speaking. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea, they sang. This is animals singing. They sang blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one, not the two, not the three, not the committee, to the one sitting on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. Heaven is for real, 
And heaven will be a place because of Jesus and his grace where you and I will be perfectly happy. All these things about heaven been absolutely incredible. I mean, who doesn't want to go to heaven, right? I mean, to be there where there's no pain, there's no sorrow, to be there with your loved ones, to be in an eternal, happy state. Yeah, who doesn't want that? And the question is, how do you make prearrangements? How, how, how do you go to heaven? How does somebody end up going to heaven? Well, the, the gospel is so clear and it tells us that the way to heaven is through a person and that person is Jesus. In John 14, 6, Jesus said these words. Listen to these words. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Can you imagine saying that? Can you imagine saying that you are the way to heaven? Well, Jesus did. And Jesus is either a liar, he's a little crazy, he's a lunatic, or he is actually Lord. And Jesus says, I want you in heaven with me. But he says, I'm the door. He says, I'm the way, I'm the truth. And he's not one of the ways, He's not one of the truths. He's not one of the lives. It's all singular. He's the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. And here's why that matters. Because the same person that said those words is the same person that laid his life down. Greater love has no one than this, that a man, a woman, a person would lay down their life for another. And that, my friends, is exactly what Jesus did for you. And if you're here today and I asked you, if we're having coffee at Starbucks and I asked you, if you were to die today, do you know for sure that you'd go to heaven? If you would say no, man, not at all. Man, I got questions. I got concerns. Maybe, maybe you might say probably, but if you're not 100% sure, then this, this point of the message right here is for you. Scripture tells us this, tells us the bad news, and the bad news is we've all come short of God's glory. Why? Because we've all sinned. We're all sinners. That's the bad news. It's reality. And it goes on to tell us that whoever sins will die will die physically, but watch this guys, will die spiritually. And Jesus enters the picture. Jesus, who is the rightful judge, gets off of his throne and he comes down and Jesus takes our sin and he puts it upon him. And he dies the death, a sinner's death on the cross. And some of the last words that Jesus says is it is finished. What does that mean? 
That means that Jesus paid our ticket to heaven. Jesus paid our sin mortgage, if you please, once and in full. And he did it for everyone. And all you have to do is receive it. Now we're, we're here close to Christmas. Christmas is about giving and receiving. Giving and receiving. Guess what? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. So God gave, and if you believe, you receive. Another verse says, to as many people as believe in him, they receive him, and they become the sons and the daughters of God. Listen, my friend, you won't go to heaven because you are good. You won't go to heaven because you are part of this denomination. You won't go to heaven because hopefully your good works outweighed your bad works. None of that stuff will get you to heaven. You'll only go to heaven if Jesus is your savior. Pastor Tim, how do we do that? Well, scripture says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you call on Christ, if you ask him to be your savior, you know what he'll do? He'll become your savior. So let's do it right now with heads bowed and eyes closed. Every campus, every location, you're watching online, heads bowed and eyes closed. And I'm gonna lead us in a prayer. And it's you talking to God, not talking to me, but it's you saying these words in your heart and putting your faith and trust in Christ alone. Would you pray with me? And would you pray, would you repeat it with me so that nobody prays alone? Here we go. Would you say, Jesus, I confess today that I'm a sinner and I need a savior. I believe that you love me. I believe you bled for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you rose again for me. Today, I accept your love and all that comes with it. I declare Jesus is Lord. And I now give you my life and I receive your life. Now teach me how to live in Jesus' name. Amen. Look up here. Look up here. Everyone look up. Every campus. It's the greatest thing you could ever do. God doesn't want you to miss out on heaven. And you and I, we don't want to miss out on Jesus. Jesus says this, whoever is not ashamed of him before men, he will not be ashamed of us in front of his father. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. This helps us see who crossed that line of faith. Why? We want to celebrate. Number two, we want to empower you. We want to help you in your new faith journey. Would you raise that hand? we got a gift for you. We're going to make um, a pass straight to you. We're going to put this gift in your hand. I want you to hold that hand up high. I don't, don't be shy. I want you to hold it up high. Church, would you clap with me? Here we go. Let's celebrate. On the count of three, raise it up high. Here we go. Hold it up high. Keep it up. Keep it up high till you get the bag. Would you on the count of three? Here we go. One, two, three. Right now, let's go. Let's go. At every campus. Let's go, Navarre. Let's go, go freeze. Come on. Let's go, Pensacola. Come on, God behind bars. Hold it up high. And online, 
online, I want you to text the name Jesus to the number on the screen. Would you let us know? We want to follow up with you. I'm so proud of you guys. Hey, this is the best day of your life. It's a new beginning. It says, this is not the end. This is the beginning right here. So listen, as you leave today, as you leave today, we'd love for you to tell someone in a Momentum t-shirt, would you tell them what Christ did for you today? Would you tell them, hey, today I prayed that prayer. I gave my life to Christ. And then go tell other people you know who need it. Hey guys, right before we kick it to our campuses, listen, I wanna tell you something I'm super pumped about. Two things, number one, Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, we're gonna meet in Gulf Breeze High School on Christmas Eve, and we have two distinct gatherings, right? We got a three o'clock and we have a five o'clock. So I want you to come, we wanna see you. Now this is all campuses coming together for Christmas Eve. So we will not be in Navarre High School. We will not be in the movie theater. We will not be in Pensacola Little Theater. Where we will be is Gulf Breeze High School, Christmas Eve, three and five o'clock. We'll see you then. Here's the second thing. On January 1st, January 1st, we're calling it day one. Now we know, you and I know the importance, right? Of putting God first in our life. Well, we got a great opportunity on January 1st, we're all gonna come back together again, every campus, one location, and that's gonna be Pensacola Beach, okay? I wanna see you there. Listen, we're gonna have a great time together. So bring a chair, bring a blanket, bring uh, gloves, whatever you need to, to be warm and to be comfortable. I want, you to, I want you to bring it. And then for those of you that, you know, you're just a warrior, you've recently given your life to Christ and you haven't been baptized, we're gonna do baptisms. And for everybody that wants to, we're gonna do a polar plunge afterwards. So you can bring a change of clothes, but I'm super excited about this. I want you to come to day one, Casino Beach Pavilion, 10 o'clock, day one, January 1st. All right, at this time, let's turn it over to our local campuses.